Hoo-hoo. Here to fan the flames of fabulousness, I'm Dylan Jones. And I am the extra fries you find at the bottom of the bag when you thought you had already eaten them all, Stephen Penn. Because <laughs> oh. it's a like, delightful surprise. Yeah, it is. Oh, I like when there's a sweet potato fry in there and there shouldn't be, and you're like, oh. this is extra. In Texas, it's an extra piece of okra. When you ordered fries, you're like, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, or an onion ring. Yes. Oh, I had no business having that in there. And this is Closet, closet Talks. talks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a podcast where we sit in the floor closet and we talk about whatever we want to because it's our podcast and not yours. But we have still upgraded to an actual recording booth. We are not in the closet anymore. We are a sham. I know. We should probably stop telling people we're in the closet. And it's a tagline. It's fine. It, it, it. It's where we start. <laughs> Don't forget your roots. Right? Yeah, Don't okay. forget your roots. Mm-hmm. Um, roots so oh, I was going to blame it all on my roots. Showed up in boots. And did what? Ruin my You ruined my black tie fair. Sure did. You were the last one to know. I was the last one to show. You were the last one I thought I'd see there. <laughs> okay, we could go on and on and on. But um, well, I saw the surprise. <laughs> and the fear in, in your eyes. <laughs> when I okay. took your glass of champagne. Champagne. All right. Well, speaking of champagne, Wait, what, what are we you, drinking? But what did you do? I toasted you and said, honey, we may be through. You'll never hear me complain. <laughs> but why? All right, let's stop. All right, let's stop. All right, so what are you drinking? Oh, what are we drinking? I made them. Um, I made Dark and Stormies featuring... Uh, a Dark and Stormy is dark rum, so I used uh, Bacardi Black and um, featuring Trader Joe's Ginger Brew. Mm, treat yourself. Delicious. God, we love Trader Joe's. We do. All right, Yay! Cheers. cheers over your computer. Yeah. Yeah. Trust you. <laughs> excuse oh, me. Good. Excuse me. That's good. Mm. <clears throat> Dark and stormy sounds. What happens when you eat food that you're allergic to? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> no dairy in front of guests. So, Enough. um, what uh, what have we been what have we been doing? What have we been doing? What uh, well, same thing we do every week, Pinky. So, before we get into what we did today, what have you what have you been up to this week? What have I been up to? this Also, week? by the way, make a wish because it is eleven eleven. Mm, no dark and stormy. <laughs> Making my wish. Hold on. Okay. And we. Okay, got it. Good. Okay. Um, what did we do? I bought more fish and shrimp. Yes. <laughs> did we talk about that already? I don't know. I get them. I, I think know. you did. I, I bought did. snails. No, we talked yes. about that too. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still excited about it. They're actually doing stuff and I got really weird These mouths. Shrimp are really weird because you can see through them. They're translucent. Yeah, it's very strange. Sort of see through them, but yeah. um the coolest thing that happened lately is I went thrifting today, went through six goodwills. Oh my god, really? Yeah. And I found some clothing that I would just probably gonna sell because people want it. It's a finder's fee. That mm-hmm. is what I'm charging. Um, and I also found for us, um, let's see, I found a deluxe version of Monopoly. Mm-hmm. It had little wooden houses and little gold plain pieces. And I sure did crack open the box right there and counted all the pieces in there. <laughs> I was like, I need to make sure that we have all the deeds for the places. Because yep. electric company, you know, water company, all that stuff. Um, I found that one. And then I found the deluxe Scrabble. These were only like 3 or $4. And I was like, yes. And it had the um, the one 
uh, the board that that spins, mm-hmm. so that way you don't have to like. I don't know. Um, I got that one, and then I got cranium. Okay. So now when I, you know, we make plans and we don't go out, <laughs> so uh-huh. I can just sit home and play Scrabble or Monopoly for seven hours, and then be like, oh, all right. And that's the most exciting thing, Chimas Tangli. All right. I am actually on Amazon right now. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Am I keeping you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm buying. Um, done. There's nine dollars. I just bought the Guess Who game. Why do you not look for it? It's more fun when you just find it. Because I want to play it like soon. Guess Roo. Yes, I'm gonna make it into Guess Roo, and I'm gonna change all the cards for drag queens that have been on RuPaul's Drag Race. And uh, it's gonna be like, is your queen orange? Is your queen not joking, bitch? And then you would say, does your queen need to go back to party city where she belong? Is your queen Sharon needles? No. <gasps> Wait, yes. Yes. <laughs> and mine would be Coco Montrese. So I think it'd be a really fun game, mm-hmm. but it'd be Fifi O'Hara. That would be tired ass showgirl. Is she, your queen a tired no, ass showgirl? Party, she needs to go back to, Oh, right. No, she told Sharon and to go back to party city. Back ass words. It's fine. sorry for all the, Straight people who don't watch RuPaul's Drag Race. You're gonna have to educate <laughs> yourself on the drags because you, you know what's funny to is love yourself. Yeah, how are you gonna love someone else? What's funny is when I was home, uh, Christmas 2016, I was I watched RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars with my mom, and we did like four or five episodes, and we started it. My mom was like, "Oh my God, Alaska's voice is getting on my nerves." Because Alaska talks like this Thank all you. the time. Mm. And then, like, after two episodes, she's like, okay, she's actually really cute and endearing. And then every time that Rue is on the main stage and she's like, may the best woman win. And she puts her, like, hand in the air. She does it every single time, every single episode since the day it started. And my mom was like, why does she always do that? with May the best woman win. And then, like, two episodes later, she was doing it with Rue. And my, <laughs> my mom was lip syncing along. May the best woman win oh my <laughs> it was really funny there was um there's a a group that women on facebook just gay men talking about life problems advice all that stuff uh-huh and one of gay them men thriving yes 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 and one of them posted about they said would do you prefer doing things going out to eat going to the movies by yourself or with people oh uh, yeah I, I saw this and someone commented and they were like oh god i don't know how you can go out you know by yourself and blah blah, blah. and i was like oh, you know how many times okay. i've gone to see a movie by myself so here's the thing and <laughs> the way this ties into rupaul is i said until you can learn to love yourself how in the hell are you going to learn to love somebody else yep so that involves you taking time for yourself it is terrifying and exciting the first time you go out to see a movie by okay, this is pre-COVID. Let me let me preface that. Yes. Um, going out to a movie. Do you know how easy it is to find one seat? Yeah. Very easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went and saw Frozen two <laughs> by myself mm-hmm. in between two moms that laughed at all the adult jokes with me, and then I realized, oh, I'm an adult. Great. Mm-hmm. Might as well be a parent because they all find this funny. The kids were all cute. One of them tried to climb into my lap, and I was like, okay. And then she tried to eat my popcorn, and I was like. Get your grubby little hands. Oh, <laughs> you're cute. Go away. Thank you so much for the first time. No, um, I I don't like going to see movies by myself. I'll go out to eat by myself. You ever done it? Yeah, I have. It's just 
so for me, you know how like music for you is like movies for me, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You have like an abundance of movies, you are music and you love listening to music. That I do. Experiencing music with other people. Mm-hmm. I'm that way with, with movies. Okay. So like if I have to go see a movie by myself, I'll go see it by myself, but I rather would go with someone else to share that experience. And then after we go get a drink and like break it down and like discuss, you know, like things like that. I went and saw infinity war on a whim by myself and the people next to me at the end wanted, didn't have nothing to do with me. And I was, all I wanted to do is talk about it. Right. Part one. And I was wrecked because, um, you know, the snap, all that stuff. And I was like, and I had to um, I don't watch any of the Marvel movies because no. I don't like Insert them. Insert here. Ugh. Um, audible eye roll. It's fine. And But it's there was no one to talk about it with. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, sometimes there's movies you talk about it with, but how was I supposed to know that? Right. Anyways, so I just, and someone, you know, commented back about it, and they were like, you're right. And I remember all exactly the things we said, but I was just like, you need to be okay with your own self and work on making yourself complete, like we've said, before you can bring someone else into your life. Because if you don't know yourself, how can you give any portion of that to somebody else or allow them to know you when you don't even have an understanding of you as is? As a great sentiment as that is, I don't agree completely. Do tell. I think that there can always be parts of yourself that you're not happy with. And maybe that's like, something, you know, uh, body image issues or something. And you're just like, I don't love that part of myself, but I love other things about myself. But then you meet somebody who doesn't care about the things that you're insecure about. And it just kind of helps you to learn not to love it, but to realize that it's not a big deal. That's different than what I said though. I said, learning to know yourself. And, yeah, and know what I'm talking about. Ruse statement. Oh, if you can't love okay. yourself, how you the hell are you gonna love somebody else? Yeah, what I'm saying is like and we we've talked you about. You don't this have to love all yourself. You just have to know what parts. With the Lizzo lyric, when she I can't remember what it was, but Lizzo had like a song that was like basically like I didn't love myself until you came into my life and taught me to love myself, and I was like uh, that kind of goes both ways too. You can that can happen. I've seen it happen. right. I mean, you can you can know what parts of yourself need loving from other people. Yeah. And that comes from knowing yourself. Right. So, yes. Know your worth. Yes. Know your worth. That's the biggest Know one. what you are capable of doing on your own. Know what you are, um, need help with from another human. Yes. And know what you just... Wow. No, I got nothing. <laughs> well... Just those two main Moving on. Um, today, we did a spooky... Ooky, kooky, and creepy cemetery shoot. Well, copyrighted. Is that copyrighted? I don't know. It's from Alyssa's Secret on YouTube. More drag queens, great. You know, spooky, ooky, kooky, and creepy mm-hmm. uh, cemetery shoot. We went to Greenwood Cemetery here in Orlando. Beautiful. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the neighborhood surrounding it was gorgeous. Um, but we went to a specific location because I, when I was scavenging for a a cemetery to use, this was in the top most beautiful cemeteries in the United States. And I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. 
and we got there and spotted right away. I was like, that's the location. Cause it was a mausoleum and it was gorgeous. It was like, um, it was so old. I think the date on it was 1879 or something like that. Rock and Marty. And, uh, it was like that, you know, when it was built, it was probably this like beautiful kind of clean, um, mm-hmm. uh, cement. Yeah. And clear windows that you could see into. And now there were windows like, on there. We stood in front of the glass windows that you could oh, not I guess, see through. Yeah. I just figured they were. Yeah, it was like wrought iron. It was like wrought iron gates with like glass, and because um, there point, was a hole for like a key or a doorknob. Yeah, but I got nervy putting my yeah. hand here. I was waiting for something to be like pull me in, and <laughs> you know I ain't got time. But um, yeah, like it was really cool because like there's this really cool shot that we got where the sun was coming through the window on the backside that was coming this one again it was the light was coming through the window through the glass doors in the front and it was like this amber color because you know not to get too technical and gross um the death and decay inside can this you know it smells and it like there's gases that are emitted and stuff like that over time and because if you didn't know you're about to know now when you (laughs) when the body dies um, basically while you're in your casket, it turns your, everything but your bones turns into like a soup. It just kind of like, so if it you just were to turns into a soup, pick up like a casket that's been in the ground and For shake it, it would go a couple years. Oh, and then it absorbs into the ground or whatever, you know, into the casket liner, you know, whatever. That's why I don't understand why <laughs> we're getting really off topic. But when I was studying mortician stuff, it was like, I don't understand like, the best case scenario for you to get buried in is in a wooden box because the wood will eventually decay into the ground, leaving only your bones. And then everything else is like nourishment for the ground. Right. You know, we come from the ground, we go back into the ground, that sort of like mentality. But now what they do is like these, these morticians will sell your family this immaculate package. And they're like, here's this casket that is, bulletproof and waterproof and element proof. And you're like, but why? No one's going to dig you up. I don't know. I've seen a lot of the, or a lot of, a lot of movies. Spooky yeah. Movies. But like, that's the, the thing is like in reality, Pet cemetery <laughs> in reality, no one's going to dig you up. Right. I hope not. For the most part. It's grave robbing is still a thing. Yeah. I don't think so, but that's what they're preventing. They're like, it prevents grave robbing. I'm like, I don't, that's ever happened like well, in the if last you want to take it uh, you're about to be haunted for the rest of your life so right. so the thing is what i'm getting to is like this is gross but like caskets that are element proof and they're sealed it's like it's literally like a refrigerator seal on it mm-hmm. they're sealed and then locked so you can't get into it ever they'll put those in a mausoleum and then when the body starts to turn to soup it becomes kind of like um, combustible inside and then it'll just <laughs> blow open the casket. <laughs> Not like completely open, but it'll be like, <laughs> and then like, you like, know, gas. Like that girl. Cause it, it is, a, it's a buildup of gas. And then all of a sudden it's like leaking out. And it's like, that's like, why in a mausoleum, the, the old mausoleums smell, they smell horrible because they were not built. They were literally just like tiny houses that you put bodies in, but the new ones, are put like on a, like if you go to the one in Hollywood, like where all the, c- the celebrities go, like oh. when they're dead, oh yeah, yeah. you, you basically walk in on one side and you see all the name plates and you're like, okay, this is Marilyn Monroe's body is in here. But on the other side that you don't get to see because you don't work at the cemetery, it's built on an incline 
So any juices and bodily, this is so gross. I can't believe we're talking about this. It all leaks out and down a drainage system so that nothing smells in the mausoleum. It's actually kind of fascinating. I yeah. Mean, it's just I could go on and on about stuff like that because I've researched it See, extensively. It blows open like like when that girl poured gasoline in her <laughs> own boyfriend's truck and then no. struck her face in and lit it on fire. Not quite that. Not quite that. <laughs> Boom. But it will eventually pop the casket open. Oh, well, that's it. And it's just unnecessary. Don't spend... If you're If you're planning a funeral and listening to this... Don't do that. I haven't had a desire to plan my own funeral in a while. No. But don't don't plan don't buy into like, you know, this casket's thirty five thousand dollars because it's bulletproof and element proof and waterproof and leak proof. Like it doesn't fucking matter. The more you know. So that was a very long tangent on funeral services. It's but okay, those um, happen sometimes. Yeah. The more you know. But we did a um photo shoot in front of one of the mausoleums and um it was beautiful. It was like, like I said, it was like the, the glass had turned amber colored and there was moss growing on the, on the cement. And there was like, um, little plants coming up and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just really beautiful. You could tell it was very old mm-hmm. and, um, didn't smell, didn't smell, but it was just, and it didn't feel creepy. It was like, Mm-mm. to me at least, it didn't there were feel bats. creepy. Yeah, there were bats. Cause we went at dusk. And a little past dusk. <laughs> yeah, we were we were be, we were trying to we were playing beat the clock basically on the way there because the sun was going down and we were like fuck. fuck and then fuck, traffic fuck, fuck. happened. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, um, but yeah, we we got the pictures in and it was really cool. We're probably gonna go back and get a couple more, but we um, made sure to. Yes, we did take uh, rose petals and hibiscus petals with us to sprinkle on the graves to say thank you, so that we did not take any bad juju with us. Mm-mm. We also told them, he said, my intentions are this. Yes, these are our intentions, and we are not. uh, You may come with us if you are a good, fun spirit. But if you intend to Malevolent spirits are not allowed. Not allowed. We will sage you out. Yep. But, yeah, that's what we've been up to. It's fascinating. That's what you missed on Glee. That was a 20-minute long tangent on all these things. (laughs) (laughs) But we need to Thanks for sticking with us. Um, so a disclaimer, you want to get to the good stuff? Skip forward 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. So uh, what do we got? What's happening today? What is happening here on this day? Um, oh, I was thinking the other day. Um, where I, I don't remember where I had seen it. It was somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it said, hold on. It said, you still have so many years to meet so many people you never knew you could love so much. Oh, I love that. And this, I think, is extremely applicable uh-huh. the older I get, because I am <clears throat> 30-ish and some change in a week. And yeah, I'll be 33 in a... Pff, how many days? 12 days? No, not, oh. that, not that quick. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, but I think I've mentioned it before about not comparing your life progression in, in your life events to those of others. Mm-hmm. And uh, in particular, my parents I've done before. And it's not to say it's a bad thing. I model the way I think I sh- my life should be after them. But again, they had different um, life was happening differently for them. Oh, for one, there wasn't a pandemic. Oh. Um, but trying to model the way your life should be on someone else is not a fair thing to yourself. And with that, especially in the generation gap, 
Yes. We face so many more obstacles than our parents did. We face different obstacles. I don't know all the things we face. I think, I will be bold enough to say, I think we face greater obstacles as far as financially. Oh, Um, yeah. I mean, boomers went to school. They went, boomers went to college for the price of a McChicken. And they're like, well, I worked my way through college. I'm like, yeah, because you paid 500 bucks for your masters. (laughs) Like now people like are paying like $500 a month. Yeah. In student loans. Because, you know, it's just like, Uh I think that we face greater obstacles when it comes to financial obstacles because the world is not set up the way it was. No. And that's just a change at a time. People like who are in charge of the country right now are responsible for a lot of the suppression of our generation. Yeah. The past couple of years at least. But I think that, um, just modeling off of that is both admirable, but also not fair to yourself because it's all, cause it, for a while it would start to close me off to the possibility of meeting someone, mm-hmm. you know, that I want to spend all the rest of my life with or mm-hmm. people that I want to be friends with or people that I want to just let into my life because I'm like, Oh, well this didn't happen for them. So I think that this is, this resonated just because, you know, it, it's a self realization that, you know, you, your life is, completely different than anybody else's yeah and the course at which it runs is never the same as anybody else and you need to be aware of that Mm -hmm. and the sooner you are i think the happier you will be i mean i still am like oh i wish i had done this yeah i could have should have woulda you know but here we are and you know i'm not closing myself off to anybody but you know it's tricky when you're like i wish this had happened but oh we've arrived yeah and it's very hard to meet anybody uh, currently, <laughs> with things happening, mm-hmm. but I mean, you know, the grocery store and the thrift store are like my my go tos. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not gonna meet someone there. Hey, those shoes smell. Yeah, you think that too? Like, what are we gonna bond <laughs> over? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, just not stimulating conversation. Plus, not the place to meet. No, people. But how do you guys? Meet? Sometimes we were looking people, at the same pair of shoes. Sometimes people just fall out of the woodwork and just fall right into your lap when you don't expect it to happen. That's where I find things to be best when I'm not looking for them. Yep. It will find you. Um, so speaking of finding things, I stumbled across a website today. Oh Um, yeah. You told me about this, but I don't know anything about what you're about to say right now. I know I kept it a secret for a reason because I wanted to get your actual reaction to what it is that I found. So, um, it's basically, a website and a YouTube channel that I'm going to start following very closely because I just fell in love with this website. It, and there's a book coming soon and it's called the dictionary of obscure sorrows. And it's run by John Koenig and he's an author. So what he does is he, he creates new words and definitions to those words he made a word? Yes, it's words that don't exist in the actual dictionary. Oh. So he creates a brand new word and understand. gives a definition to that word. Okay. And it encompasses feelings that we all feel, but there's not a word to describe what you're feeling. Okay. So it's literally a brand new word. 
That stresses me out. <laughs> but so continue. Uh, it's so I, I stumbled across it and I was just scrolling through and I was like, these are really cool. Like, yeah, I totally, I totally get this. I totally get that. And then I got to the word Sonder. Sonder. It's a noun. And this is the definition, which by the way, I was reading the definition and I teared up. And by the end of the definition, I was like full on, like not sobbing, but I had like tears in my eyes because it was just so beautiful because this is something that we all, or at least me and you think about on a maybe daily basis. And we go, what I'm going to have for dinner. No, no. Okay. It's deep. So Sonder noun, the realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own, populated with their own ambitions, friends, routines, worries, and inherited craziness. An epic story that continues invisibly around you, like an anthill sprawling deep and underground with elaborate passageways to thousands of other lives that you will never know existed, in which you might appear only once as an extra sipping coffee in the background as a blur of traffic passing on the highway, as a lighted window at dusk. Wow. It's so beautiful. Wow. Uh, Sonder. Hmm. It's that realization. Because I do think of that every now and then. Where, uh, and we have reminded our listeners not just to of this the all the time. I've, yeah. We have, we have reminded our listeners constantly of like you never know what another person's going through mm-hmm. that's what Sonder is is that realization of that person might be going through a divorce and that's why they're snappy that person might have just lost a loved one yeah. and that's why they're so sad that was very applicable for work yeah mm-hmm. so because the realization that each random passerby is living a life in vivid, as vivid and complex as your own Realizing that you're not the center of the universe. Oh, sometimes. Sonder. Oh. From the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows. Well. By John Koenig. Okay. Wow. That's I a, love it. There's now a, 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 a ish word for it. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for the book. They said there was a book going to come out, and I was like, I'm going to buy that. It sounds oh like a good Yeah. It sounds like a lot. Um. I had something else, but um, I don't. I, I lost it. But I loved that so much. Yeah. I think so it's, if it's you want to check it out, to think um, about. it's literally you go to www. Um, the dictionary of obscure sorrows. dot com. It's a long one. Yeah. We but need a tiny URL. That's on awesome. That one. <laughs> um, so the next thing I wanted to talk about is because I had to explain it to you earlier this week, or maybe it was last week, because um, you asked me what gaslighting was. Mm. So I'm going to give you the you definition. Put me out on blast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not something that like a lot of people talk about. Um, to be fair, I really don't know as much about politics as I would like to, but right. who do you ask and not right. sound? Usually it's you. Which is, what's funny is as long like, as you don't bring it up gaslighting, <laughs> gaslighting is not strictly political. It's what is currently going on, but gaslighting. So gaslighting is a form of emotional abuse. Hands down. That's what it is. Yeah. 
Um, it's abusive relationships. It's the act of manipulating a person by forcing them to question their thoughts, question their memories, and events occurring around them. The victim of gaslighting can be pushed so far that they question their own sanity. So when I think of gaslighting, I think of almost like Ike and Tina. If you've ever watched What's Love Got to Do With It, it's like the, mm. the backstory of the Ike and Tina because he was very abusive mm. and he beat the shit out of her. And he treated her, he gaslighted her constantly leading up to the actual physical abuse. It was, it all started with emotional. So, you know, he would get angry and that's toxic. He would get angry at her and she'd be like, well, why are you angry? And it's like, he would be like, it's because of you, what you're doing makes me angry. And he would twist it and make you think or make her think, I'm the one that's causing him to be angry. So I have to change what I'm doing. Mm -mm. And that is not the truth. So gaslighting is, and narcissistic people will gaslight you by saying that your reaction to their toxic behavior is the toxic behavior. Oh God. Well, now that you, we put it like that, I see it a lot more than I realize. Yes. Okay. So I was in a relationship with a narcissist for six years, almost seven. Mm-hmm. And all of his toxic behavior, he blamed on me because it was mm. things that I was doing that were toxic. Mm. My reaction to his toxic behavior was the toxic behavior. And I bought it. I completely was like, okay, yeah, I, I guess you're right. Because I wanted to look past that. And I wanted to look past the red flags. When you love somebody so much that you look past all of the red flags because you just want to be with that person so badly. And then at the end of the day, you have to question it and be like, no, like, am I being gaslighted right now? And that's what, how my relationship with him ended because we were together for so many years and he was so emotionally abusive that when I got the Beetlejuice show, when I landed that, when I landed that role, I was like so excited about that because that was my biggest thing I've ever wanted in my life was to work at Universal doing the Beetlejuice show. And I finally got it. It took him six months to come see the show. You're my boyfriend and you didn't come see me on opening day. Well, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. You couldn't come see me opening week. You couldn't come see me in the first six months and I had to beg you to come see me. And then he finally shows up. I make my entrance on stage. Thunderous applause. And I look out. He's dead center. On his phone. Texting. Bruh. And anytime that I saw him laughing, it wasn't at me. He was watching the sign language interpreter. Because she was more entertaining than what I was doing on stage. So being gaslit, (laughs) I was like, well, maybe I'm not funny. Maybe I'm not doing a good job at this role. Based upon what one person person, Because the person I love the most was not entertained. Mm. That's what gaslighting does. It makes you question your own abilities and your own sanity. So I'm sitting there on stage trying to get through the show going, oh my God, am I not as funny as I think I am? Is my writing not as funny as I think it is? 
are my clever puns not as clever as I thought they were? Because he's not entertained. And as soon as the show is over, and I, you know, I text him, I was like, so what did you think? He was like, it was good. That was it. Nah. That's all he said. Nope. So that. That is a enormous red flag. And I looked past it because I was being gaslighted. So let's flash forward a couple months and he's not there watching me anymore. So I spent the first six months thinking I'm hysterical. (laughs) And then he comes and sees me and I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not. And then I spent a couple weeks dwelling on that going, am I not funny? But people are laughing still. So are they laughing at me or am I in on the joke and they're laughing Uh. with me? So I went through this emotional hell going, oh my God, I'm questioning everything that I've ever done leading up to this moment, right? Right. So then flash forward, he and I are having a very heated discussion about the whole thing because I spent weeks with my universal family in the dressing room and I kind of was like, hey, can I get your honest opinion on this? And I like laid it out and they were like, you're doing great. Like you're hysterical. It also took about eight months before the guy who played Beetlejuice before me came to see me because he was a little, he was a little miffed that he was not invited back to be in our show. But I, I, I don't know that for sure. I don't know that for sure. That was a, that was a rumor for legal reasons. I have to say that was a rumor that he was not happy with it. But in recent talks, he actually was very fine with it. Um, <laughs> he he looked at it as like when he closed his last show, he was like, I graduated. So for me to go back, it would be like going back to high school. And I was like, totally get it. So it took about eight months for him to come see me. Cry. And I have the most respect for him because he played Beetlejuice for 18 years. And he created the role of Jack the Clown for Universal Halloween Horror Nights. So I had the most respect for him. He is a comedic genius. He came to see the show and came backstage after the show. And he was like, you're hysterical. He was like, you got it. He's like, some people make this character their own. And some people do an exact copy of the movie. He was like, you've made it your own and copied the movie. He's like, not a lot of people can do that. Congratulations. I really enjoyed your show. And I was like, oh my God, that meant like the world to me. So after that conversation, I was like, you know what? I'm on top of my game. And I started to see into all the gaslighting he had been doing there in my entire relationship with him. Mm -hmm. So then we get into a heated argument about it. And he asks me, he asks me, well, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, what do you mean? And he's like, like, what do you want to be when you quote grow up? And I said, I'm an actor. I get on stages and I, bring characters to life and I make people laugh. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not, that's great for like now, but like, what do you want to do for real? Ew. And I said, ew, ew, ew. what no. do you, I no, said, no, what no, do no, you no, mean? No. What do you mean? And he was like, what do you want to do for a real job? He I, said, oh, we'll go on about he that says, and I quote, I am a doctor. I go out every day and I save lives. What wow. are you doing with your life? Ew, I would have. Did you get up and leave that moment? No, I defended myself. I said, I bring joy to people's lives. I make people laugh. I make people forget that they live in a shitty country right now. I make people forget 
all of their problems. They yeah. come to see me in a show and I, I bring up one of the most powerful things that our generation has known, which is nostalgia. I play a character mm. from the eighties. One of the most, one of the greatest movies ever created. I bring up that nostalgic feeling of going, Oh my God, that's Beetlejuice. Oh my God. These jokes are funny. Oh my God. This music is great. These singers are great. I get them out of the way that they're feeling. That's what I do. And he said, well, yeah, that's fine. But like, it's not a real job. I'm a doctor. I save lives. So I got up and I left. I went and saw uh, Insidious Chapter 2 oh. with one of my besties. <laughs> and I, ex- I described the whole thing. And he was like, good God, girl, get out. And about a week later, I was in the shower. And I do a lot of heavy thinking in the shower because it's so... You know what also helps with that? A beer. A cold (laughs) beer beer in the shower. shower. Oh, my God. I haven't had one until, like, a couple months ago. Shower beers are great. And I was like, this is extra refreshing. Mm -hmm. Shower beer is great. I was in the shower doing heavy thinking. And my, I don't know if it's it's the pressure of the water, if it's, like, whatever, whatever. But, like, I'm washing my hair. I'm doing my thing. And I'm, like, doing all this thinking about what he said and how he said it. The tone of voice he was in. I was like, we've been together going on seven years. That's a giant chunk of my chunk of my life. And it literally like clicked. It was like, you can walk away from this. What's he going to do? Who cares? Mm-hmm. You spent so much time together. Who cares at this point? He doesn't believe in you. No. If you have and to- that's, Ugh. that's the realization I had. It was, he doesn't believe in you. And I thought, well, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Like Dr. Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park, he says, well, well, there it is. It nice. laid out right on the table. Nice, Ron. And I was like, well, there it is. I don't need him. No. He doesn't need me. He's a doctor. He's saving lives. He can do what he wants. Ugh. Emotional abuse. Gaslighting. Thank you. Seven years of emotional abuse and gaslighting. Did I do things that I probably shouldn't have in our relationship? Absolutely. Who doesn't? No relationship is. It's not perfect. perfect. And if it is, it's not, not perfect. Doing something right. And I, I did things that I shouldn't have. He did things he shouldn't have. No one's perfect. But what no one deserves, not one person deserves emotional abuse. No. And that's what I was getting. And to this day, he does not understand it. And he thinks I'm the one who ruined our relationship. Who cares? Exactly. He doesn't bring value or anything no, into your life. So his opinion does not matter unless they feed you. He met somebody else. You. He met somebody else. He is Bye. engaged. Happy for him. I am. I am happy for him because I don't want to wish ill will on anyone. No. I am happy for him. You found somebody. Maybe you learned your if, lesson. If it needs to, the universe will get him. Right? Maybe he learned his lesson. Maybe he's not controlling this guy. Maybe it's a great relationship. Maybe. Who knows? They seemed very happy. Um, but I did. I realized that I didn't need that, and I don't deserve that. So I was literally in the shower, and I said, I can just walk away. I got out of the shower, and I said, I want to talk to you. I said, this is it. This is the end. I'm done. And literally walked away. 
and we fought very loudly and I said what I had to say. And within three weeks I was packed up and gone moving abruptly. I packed up and left and I ended up leaving a lot of things there. And you know, when you're in the moment and you're like just trying to get out, you're like, I don't care about that. Whatever. I spent money on that. Whatever. He can have it. Don't fucking care. Packed it up. Whatever. Packed up what I needed to take with me uh, from Tampa to Orlando. Moved to Orlando. Uh, a friend of mine hooked me up with a really nice place to live. And I was in and out in two and a half, three weeks. And um, one thing I will say great about his character is that years later, I was already living with you. So mm-hmm. there was a, a five-year difference between the last time that he and I saw each other and me living with you. There was a five-year difference. Um. So I hadn't seen him in forever. He texted me out of the blue and was like, hey, I'm moving to... You good? Sorry. Uh, oh, my God. The... <laughs> wow. Yeah. Warm, warm rum isn't great. No, it just settled. Sorry. But... He texted you. Mm-hmm. Text me on the blue and was like, I'm moving to Portland so or Seattle. Bye. I can't, I can't remember which. I think it's Portland. He was like, I'm moving to Portland. Um, I have a lot of things that are yours that I want to give back to you. And I was like, what? And he was like, it also gives you a chance to say goodbye to the dog that he and I adopted together. The only reason I didn't keep him is because I knew that it's a sacrifice I made that I really probably shouldn't have. I should have fought for it and taken the dog, but I did not. And, um, yeah, he was like, you can come say goodbye to the dog and pick up your things. And I was like, okay. So I went to Tampa by myself. I didn't want to go by myself. You were busy. TJ was busy. Everybody was busy. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, I guess I'm going by myself. And I was like so nervous. And I like drove all the way to Tampa and I get to our old condo. And I was like, oh my God. Oh, you like, still in it? My, huh? You still there? Yeah. Uh, my heart is like beating out of its chest and I like knock on the door and he opens and there he is. Haven't seen him in however long, five years. And he was like, Hey, come on in. And I was like, this is weird. And then he obviously left it at a different place than you did. I guess so. It's kind of a reflection on what he I took guess away so. from what you well, said. Well, see, here's him. another thing. Here's We're going to backtrack a little bit. I didn't realize this is going to turn into a therapy session for me. I'm just getting all this out of here. But to back up a little bit, after I had broken up with him, about a year later, he started to pursue me a little bit more. Bye. So he was trying to get back at me. Mm-mm. And because of the emotional abuse that I suffered through him, I fell for it. Ew. So I was like, shame. Hear me out. I am. Don't, don't be judging me. I'm not judging. I'm, I'm making a okay. statement. Okay. So he, what had, what had happened was, is he's giving me the bait and he's like commenting on photos on Instagram. He's like, you look really cute here. And I'm like, Thanks. And then it turned into, I want to come see you do Beetlejuice and I'm going to bring my best friend because he's never seen the show. And I'm like, uh-huh. So I know what you're doing here. <laughs> you are here now. I can say, I know what you're doing because you're bringing him and showing me that what I love to do is important to you to show your best friend. But in the, in the instance that it was happening, I was like, oh my God, he's so into this. Oh my God, what changed? And 
he just keeps like pursuing me. And I'm just like, I, I couldn't be bothered at the same time. I was like, I'm flattered, but like, I don't want to get my heart broken again. And then he found out that I was seeing someone else and all hell broke loose. And he just went all in on the emotional abuse again via text message this time. And then never spoke. He never spoke to me again until I went back to get my things, which was a whole other ordeal because I opened the door. He opened the door and he was like, yeah, come on in. And then I saw my dog that I hadn't seen in five years. Excuse me. And the dog was like, he lost his fucking mind when he saw me because he hadn't seen me in so long. So it's, he didn't know who I was right away because I had facial hair. I, you know, I looked different. And as soon as I started talking, he like went ape shit. And he had all the things that I never thought I would see again. All my dishes, all of the pots and pans that he and I bought together. Like he was giving me all of these things. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, I never thought I would see any of this again. Stuff that was my grandmother's, stuff that was my great grandmother's that I really should not have left left. Uh-huh. So I was, I was, I'm very thankful for him. Th- I'm thankful to him for doing that for me. But that is gaslighting. <laughs> that was a very long therapy session. So thank you for hanging in there with me. And well, you mentioned, but it's also a good story. It's a good yeah. story because when I tell this to people that don't know any of it, they're like, Oh, he did what he said. What? Like, you know, it's like, it is like, a it's a soap opera of a story. Well, you, you said something and you mentioned that I, so recently there has been a lot of layoffs within the Walt Disney company is in what, 28,000, 28,000 and a good deal of them are uh, seasonal and part-time entertainment cast members. That's photographers, technicians, Leaders, performers, attendants. There's they laid off 700 alone yesterday. Ugh, it's just, it's so many. And I guess I never realized how many people that I work with are part-time. But yeah, we could go off on that. Anyways, so I think, and for all the time that I've been in entertainment, and I've listened to people say these things, and they don't mean it, they don't mean it maliciously, and I know that. But they're like, oh, I went off and are like people that have left. And they're like, oh, yeah, I just went off and got a real job. Yeah, that bugs me. And at first, before I was really in entertainment and I really had a family in there and I really, you know, had people that I confided life in. Not too many because, you know, you don't want to you know, spread yourself, your info everywhere. But anyways, like I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like I went to school for. Um, you know, I, 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 to be a chef and do this, obviously I didn't do it, but you know, and I, the more I've been here and I've watched people and I've been reading these heartbreaking statuses on Facebook from people that have been with the company longer than I realized they had, you know, these people with 40 plus years, you know, and, and yeah. on down, whatever, you know, anything more than like five years is still a lot to devote to one thing. And people, they're like, oh, well, yeah, I went out and got a real job. This is a real job. It just doesn't pay what real people should be paid. And I think it, it just, it, it watching all these people do the things that they love, like you can go to college for these things. Like it's not, not a real job. You consider a real job if it's what, a lawyer, a chef, a, you know, honestly, owner anything, of a outside, company, of a anything outside of it. Yeah. It's like if you're doing something you love, then that's a quote unquote real job. If yeah. you're enjoying it, why do you need something else to give you sustenance? You need something, 
what people are saying is I went out and found a job that paid me more. Yeah. So, and I've had this discussion before with my parents and they said, or maybe I don't know who it was, but they said, and I've told them that this job does not pay me much, but it makes me happy. Yeah. And that <laughs> that's worth it for a while. Like right now I'm struggling, but you know, it was enough to enjoy what I was doing and care a little bit less on what I was getting paid. Right. I mean, focus is shift. And that's, I think when people are like, oh, I need a real job. No, you want a job that is going to pay you. You're not necessarily going to enjoy it as much as you love this one, because I've heard you talk about it. <laughs> you rave about it. You love this so much, but all of a sudden you, you want to get a real job. And this isn't by no means a rag on anyone who went out and got a job. That's not at Disney. You know, I'm very excited for them. I, it's a hard thing to do. I mean, I haven't had to do it yet, but, you know, probably soon in the future I may decide that this is just not a... That I've had a good time, but I'm ready to have more stability and, you know, consistency. Anyways, that's a whole other conversation. But I think just hearing people be like, mm, this isn't a real job. It is. Right. It is if you believe that this is what you were meant to do and what you want to do and what, you know, you've wanted to do since you were a child... Why do you need any other thing? You mm-hmm. do what's right for you. So I think it just, I think anyone who listen to this, you know, if you just think about what you say before you say them, like right now, a lot of there's, you know, there are someone who commented and they're like, oh, well, you know, the real world is happening, this and that. That's great. But being right. laid off from your job is still shit. It, it sucks. still sucks. So telling people that they're invalid in their feelings, nextly, not okay. Yep. But like, if it's enough for you, then let it be enough for you. Yeah. No one should tell you what's real and what's not. You know, maybe that just wasn't for them. Don't let people impact you. You know. So. Yeah. So the last thing I wanted to touch on tonight is uh the five love languages. Oh. <laughs> so we oh have about boy. we have about ten minutes. We left. discussed this a little bit. We did. But this is a different take on them. Oh. So I love a good second surprise <laughs> in an hour. I Ooh. have compiled Spoiler, a surprised. list of what I believe are the ways that you should deal with love languages from of your partner. So not your I mean, love languages. So receiving your love language of receiving love is completely doesn't necessarily have to be the same as your love language of giving love because mine, mine are not are, the same. Mine are similar, but there are some that that will show up in one and God knows they will never show up in the other. Right. I love giving acts of service. I love cooking for people. Same. I love little surprise gifts every now and then. Same. I hate, but I hate receiving it. I hate receiving it. And I've mentioned it before. I don't hate it. No, I'm bad at like, I'm bad at people being like, I got you something. I'm like, I am uncomfortable because I have made a spot within my mind for this to remember what this person did for me and how they're going to bring it back and throw it at me later. And that's a that's a different because not everybody's going to do that. That's right. trauma. But because it has happened before, yes, exactly. I am just under the impression and remain guarded that people are going to do it again. And that's not fair to everyone, but it's also fair to myself right. to just be under the impression or not the impression, just be ready for you know whatever they may throw at me. But I just right. as a whole, please don't get me things. People are like, oh, what do you want for Christmas? I will allow you to buy me socks. <laughs> And white undershirts. That is it. I've told my mom, I said, please do not buy me anything. And she'll still buy me stuff because she's my mother and she knows that I love food, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm still going to come home and make her food. So it's kind of fair. But like, 
don't bring me gifts. Don't give me gifts. You can, you know, a gift, a good gift for me, just be there. And yeah. physical touch, that's one of them. Yep. Is being there and just, you know, holding hands. Yep. And that that is one of the ones where I both receive it heavily as well as give it. I the easiest way for me to give that is to, you know, be there physically, to hold hands, to right. cuddle, to to give smooches. Not not, you know, overtly because right. overt like a lot of PDA, no matter who you are, just just a little tasteless. Especially when you're so something throat. Not cute. Uh just to touch on all five of them mm-hmm. to refresh on you if you don't know what love languages are. Physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, and acts of service. So what I've done is I have taken a look at what you should try to do for your partner and things that you should avoid for each love language. Mm-hmm. So before you do this, yes. if you guys, we've mentioned it, oh God, probably a couple a while ago, a couple of seasons, I think. But if you're curious and you don't know what your love language it is, the website is fivelovelanguages.com and it's the number five. So yeah. the number five, lovelanguages.com and it is free for you to take it. And um, I'm going to let you know that some of these questions will be very easy to answer. Some of them will be not so easy, but there is enough of them for them to compile a good uh, results. Yeah. Uh, Based upon how you, ooh, is it give? I think it's give. The the initial the initial one, yeah, yeah. I don't think it tells you uh, receiving. I think you have to. That's a different place, but yeah. So, uh, if your partner's love language is physical touch, which mine is, Mm -hmm. one of mine, I have like three. So, one of mine is physical touch. Try offering massages, Mm -hmm. initiating the intimacy. Also, let's just say that physical touch does not always have to be something sexual. No, not at all. A lot of times you hear that within relationships. But it's a physical Mm -hmm. act. So try offering massages, initiating the intimacy, making hugs a habit, non-sexual touch that reminds them of your presence. So just watching TV together, like hold hold hands. Just being in the same wavelength. Put your hand around them, Mm -hmm. like arm around them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was another one, putting your arm around them and embracing them. Mm Avoid long periods without intimacy, cold affection, waiting for your partner to express the desire for physical affection. That's the worst. Can I have a hug? Yeah. That, I don't want to have to ask. Maybe at the beginning, you know, when you're figuring people out. Oh, of course. Yeah. one thing. Do you mind if I kiss you? Like six months later. Can I? Of course. I am going to, I'm going to smooch you right here. Right. If your partner's love language is words of affirmation, that is another one of mine. Try leaving encouraging notes. Sticky notes. Mm-hmm. Creating a playlist of songs that remind you of them. Mm, oh, my God. That is my favorite thing to do. Uh-huh. Sharing sentiments for your partner's successes. Mm-hmm. Complimenting them. Mm-hmm. And words of appreciation. Yep. Avoid assuming that they know how loved they are. Oof. No one likes to assume. Assuming that they know you are proud of them. Mm. Emotionally harsh words. Mm. Not recognizing or appreciating their efforts. Uh-huh. Next, quality time. That is another mm. one of mine. Physical touch and quality time tend to go mm-hmm. very closely together. If your partner's love language is quality time, try being mentally present when you are with them. 
making plans to explore new places together. Uninterrupted time. Put away your phone. Creating small moments to connect. Quality and deep conversation. The guy that I am seeing, when we are together, neither one of us are on our phones. As it should be. The only time that he will grab his phone or I will grab my phone is when I've gone to the bathroom or he's gone to the bathroom. And you just like check what, you know, if somebody's texted you or not. Avoid being distracted when you're busy. Excuse me. Being distracted when you are with them. Viewing your partner as needy. Mm -mm. Complaining about spending time together. Preparing for other engagements when you're together. That kills me. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying your presence. I'm enjoying being with you. Stop talking about how you're going to go to a party with other people that I'm not invited to. That hurts. Yeah. Kind of diminishes your self-worth. Yes. Uh If your partner's love language is receiving gifts, try thoughtfulness in gift giving. Thoughtfulness. That's one of my specialties is if I'm going to give you something, it's going to be well thought out. I'm not going to give you something that just is like, here, here's, here's your Christmas present. It's this, it's a pack of socks. I'm going to give you something. <laughs> okay, so like, listen, I know some I people know. love packs of socks. I have but 50 billion pairs. So don't buy me. Anyway. I am going to get you something that you have told me that you loved that maybe you didn't even realize that you told me, but I remembered and I'm like, Oh, he loves this. So I'm going to get him this because he's going to love it. You did that for me. Like, uh, what a couple of years ago when you were like, here's uh, like this golden girls trivia game. I was like, Oh my God. Cause I love you. I love you. Mm-hmm. And I love the golden girls. and I love trivia. Oh God, so so like all these things that I love all together, I regret it because I'm really fucking terrible at it. <laughs> He's like, well, you should know this one. I just mostly me just asking him right. and we just pick up cards. There's dice with we it. We should play that tonight. No, um, so. we can play Harry Potter trivia. Pursuit. Oh, that's a good one. Thanks too. Jessica. Um, so thoughtfulness and gift giving mm-hmm. souvenirs when you travel without them. Just kind of a reminder. Hey, I was Just thinking of things. you. Hey, I remember. Yep. I already got one for someone I was um, interested in. And gifts that symbolize moments, experiences, or feelings. Small reminders or tokens when they don't feel their best. Emotionally. Uh, I'm sorry. Being intentional on holidays, especially their birthday. Avoid forgetting special occasions. Avoid materialism, gifts that uh, are not about the cost. Material, uh, as in gifts are not about the cost. So don't hold that above their head that you got them something, you know, super expensive. I got this because it's super expensive. Don't tell me that. I hate that. I hate that. I got you Um, something. It's really nice. Avoid gift giving without love or out of duty. (laughs) Duty. Oh, my God. And lastly, acts of service. Try showing rather than telling. Following through with what you say that you will do. Assisting with stressful or time-consuming tasks. Looking for small ways to help them, like cooking or running a bath or, you know, paying for gas whenever you're traveling. You say running a bath. Yes. Why are you so old-fashioned? I don't know. It's cute, but like... <laughs> um, being spontaneous, like surprising them with flowers at work. Um, and avoid ignoring requests for help. Oof. Avoid not following through. That comes with listening. 
being closed-minded, like feeding into gender-based stereotypes when it comes to tasks. How do you do that when you're gay? <laughs> um, do you want the answer to this? I mean... We have a couple minutes. Yes. So there's a stereotype. You know the place for Dylan? In the kitchen. And you can tell me that because, <laughs> boy, do I love being in there. Um, there's a stereotype when it comes to oh, sorry. homos is, and I... I apologize for the listeners that didn't want to know all of this, but you have a top and a bottom in a relationship. Oh, we're doing this. Okay. The gender oh, yeah. stereotype goes with each one. Yes, I didn't think because about that. people outside of gay relationships are like, Oh, he's the top. That's the man. And the bottom is the female. No, that is not correct. So I mean, and maybe in past bottoms seen that, are the ones who cook and clean and the tops are the one that do the yard work and they do, you know, the, the manly things around the house. And then it's not true in a, in a, in a homosexual relationship. Should be give and take from both. Well, yeah. Everyone should cook. Well, unless you're really shitty Unless at you're it. really bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> like you and I equally cook. Um, yeah, you cook a little bit more than me, but I'm also here a lot more than you. It's true. <laughs> Especially in the last seven months. Thank um, you. COVID-19. But yeah, the, the gender stereotypes are typically, that's where it comes from. Is I guess I didn't think about it that way. I thought just yeah. between like male and female and I'm like, well, they're both dudes. They can both do, do, do. Oh yeah. No, yeah okay. Not always. That's called a and sub. And sometimes, you know, I don't enjoy yard work. I hate it. Oh, I know. So I don't do it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I would rather pay you for and everybody else it. in this house doesn't right. do it. But you know what? Honestly, I don't want them to do it because I know that there's it a just, certain way I like it done. Yeah, it just so. that's how it is. But I I don't enjoy certain things, but I do enjoy other things. So I don't particularly enjoy cleaning the house, and I end up doing it. I don't <laughs> always enjoy it, but I end up doing it. It is a give and take because I will do the house if you want to do the lawn. I will not. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's like earlier today. I was like, "Can you help me with your shirt?" And you were like, Ugh. "I was like, eh, you get free haircuts." I was like, "Fuck, I know." <laughs> <laughs> you do the sewing, I do the cutting. <laughs> you go do the sewing, and I'll go get some scissors. Leave the sewing to the women. Okay, listen, Susie Perla, I'm gonna need you to tone it down. But so, I mean, if you're good at it, then just you know, you can feed into it, whatever you know. So, but yeah, that's our show. That's all I got for today. And all that jazz. Yeah. We uh, we got a new promo photo today. Oh, my gosh. Did and you know that we took it in a cemetery? Because we didn't. We did not. <laughs> uh, we'll, but, yeah. We'll try a couple more, and then we'll see if we can get you. I key. really like the one that we have now. It, and uh-huh. if we put in, like I said, if we put a cemetery shot in, it's like Halloween's almost here. And it's I almost need to but. justify nothing about how I feel about the moment. <laughs> and if that means I'm going to take a picture in a cemetery... You guys can just lock your phone and you're not going to see it. Da, 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 da. <laughs> or if you want to look at it, you can look at it too because it's a really stupid picture. <laughs> it's cute. So that's your, all I got for today. Um, what's your beauty tip of the week? Uh, beauty tip of the week is go vote. Oh, that is so sexy. Yep. Six days. Oh my gosh. Well, this will come out tomorrow. So five days. And then my birthday is the day after. So I'm either going to drink in celebration or drink in... Um, in morning, whichever though I'm gonna drink, I really, you know, 
I'm going to drink two. You know what? I'm going to raise a glass on that day to anyone who has voted because I can never fault anyone who has voted. But I can't fault you if you didn't vote. Yeah. Your opinion does Um, matter. So. Yes. I I saw somebody the other day who her age, I will not say who it was because I'm going to post about how she's never voted before. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. I saw it. And she's like in her. She's like upper 40s 50s she's like i hate to admit this but i've never Mm -hmm. voted before and i did and you know what and i don't think i remember seeing anyone be like well that's a shamble it's like no no they're like thank god thank you good for you i'm yeah you know it maybe you didn't feel it necessary in the past and you know hey you know i I don't know your life again uh wait what's the word what's what's sonder sonder yes saundering i've saundered through life not pretending to know what anyone's gone through. So I right. don't know how this is affecting people. Well, you should still always vote, but you know, whatever. Yep. So this is a good one too. Yeah. So, so. get out there, vote. Um, Biden Harris. Um, <laughs> <coughs> excuse me. It just slipped out. <laughs> uh, and it, we will. It was a fly, right? Yeah. yeah it was a fly. Right. We will, our next podcast, we will know who the winner is. So. <sighs> Here we go. Cheers to that. See on the flip side, y'all. All right. Well, be, be kind to one another. Or at the very least, be cordial. Hey. Until next time, friends. Bye. Bye. Bye.